Welcome to Here's Teresa on Talk Zone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning, good morning, and good morning to all of my fantastic international listeners out there. I am so happy that you are talking to me this morning. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Here's Teresa, broadcasting on the greattalkzone.com internet radio. And I hope that you all out there are doing great. And I hope and as actually I know that you all had a fantastic Thanksgiving uh, celebration, uh, as I know I did. It was great that um, family was over. It wasn't a, a lot of family over, but nevertheless, it was family uh, over gathering all loved ones. And uh, it was a good time. But how about uh, this, um, uh, listeners? You know, it was a lot of preparation, a um, lot of fixing of food, inviting people, uh, in some cases, uninviting people and, and or not inviting people. And, um, you know, lots of preparation and now poof is gone. But we still have Christmas and Hanukkah and um, anniversaries, you know, birthdays and uh, weddings, graduations and other celebrations to look forward to as this year is coming to a close. Now, you know, I've said this before, but this year went by really fast, quick and in a hurry, didn't it? And the thing about it is every year it seems to be going faster. I am saying, do you know, you know, it's like, wow, like 20, I remember when it was just July, you know, and, um, and, you know, and I'm just, this is why I'm saying, you know, it's important to be kind, um, you know, and, uh, and I know that this year, you know, that you guys were kind and I know that you, uh, did the best that you could. And, um, I know that you weathered through things that, uh, wasn't pleasant for you and you came out, um, you know, learning from it and, and moving on. And, um, you know, so I'm just saying, you know, as we're continuing to go forward through this year, you know, to continue to be kind and, and volunteer for a great cause, you know, if you have the time and the the desire to do so and, you know, plan for the future, but not too far ahead and speak the truth and stay away from gossip. Okay. Now, you know, Hey, I have found, um, something that I want to talk to you guys about, and perhaps you heard about it and perhaps you have not. Well, the founder of Tom Shoes, Blake Mykoski, was on TMZ yesterday, <clears throat> excuse me, and he was talking about the need um, to reduce gun violence in this country, as we do know that that is important, as you have heard me talk about it with my guest on this show. And I applaud him for it. <clears throat> excuse me. So on his website, toms.com, there is a page, and on this page, you will see in gun violence together, and together we stand. This page also has an interesting statement on it, and it says the following, a new platform for social change. In such divided times, it can be hard to remember that we agree on the most basic human issues. All of us deserve access to education, safe water, a place to call home, and a pair of shoes. And none of us want to live in fear of gun violence. Today, we take our first stand on an issue that unites us all because the only way forward on the issues that matter is together. So now this is what the owner of Tom Shoes would like for us to do, listeners. 
there is a postcard on this website, you know, and it says send a postcard. Now, this postcard is talking about being a proponent for, you know, universal background checks. Um, this is uh, to make sure that people who should not have guns don't. This is not anything to take away your gun, you know, uh, if you are a responsible person to have ownership of one. Um, something uh, needs to be done about the unnecessary gun violence in this in this country. You know, listeners, it is long, long, long overdue. So now what you can do if you choose to do so, you can fill out the card and it takes less than a minute. And that's it. I have done this already and I have forwarded this on to others because I think it's a great idea. Now, the Tom founder states that since he spoke about it in the past few days, he has already received over 600,000 um, um, 600, postcards, and I think that is absolutely fantastic. Now, they will take care of the distribution of the card to your uh, rep- state's representatives, and that's something that you don't have to worry about because, uh, you know, a lot of people will say, well, I don't know how to get to my representative and so forth and so on. You don't have to worry about that. That worry has been taken care of. Uh, for you. So I think it's a great cause. And um, I say, you know, you guys out there should do it as once again, if you want. Okay, moving on. Now, excuse me. I want to give a shout out to the firemen and other emergency response personnel who dealt with getting those fires contained in California. Muchos, mucho kudos and many of God's blessings. Um, Uh, to you, to you all. And now the attention has to be totally on helping the survivors of this tragedy to start putting their lives back together. Okay. So I, I just think it's fabulous because that fire was so scary. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, is this, are they going to be able to contain it? And they did. I mean, it's, this just goes to show you once again, listeners, how great um, the feats that we can accomplish when we all come together. All right. Now, the weather here in Arizona is finally cooling off like it used to be, you know, this time of the year. You know, like, for example, today is going to be a high of 68 with a low of 50. And I say that that in all of the terrible things that has happened to our ecology, you know, Mother Nature is doing her best to you know, she's doing the best to resurrect herself because, you know, last year, our temperatures were not like this. They were actually warmer. And, um, you know, and I'm, I'm glad to say that they're cooler. But the Midwest and the eastern parts of this country are being hit hard with very inclement weather. And I want to give another shout out um, to my brother, Milton Campbell, in Chicago. And he is the supervisor, therefore, overseeing the trucks that clean the streets, you know, throughout the salt, the fire trucks, police and other uh, emergency vehicles are making sure that they are in top order to do the things that they need to do, um, you know, to make sure that, you know, they do their jobs for the citizens there of this um, country. So shout out to your brother, and I'm so proud of you. All right. We are going to have a fantastic conversation with the world's best mental health therapist, Reginald C. Campbell, about several topics, and they are the following. Now, my dinner table conversation is titled Give, Give, Give. Then uh, my guest and I are going to talk about the polio-like illness in this country. CDC is confirming. The auto industry is a darn shame. Out of the ashes rises help and gratitude from dozens of, of citizens of this country. Trump's gut is more intelligent than my brain. I doubt that. Retrospect for the year. Is it important for you? 
it's important for me. So we'll talk about all those things here shortly, but let's get into the dinner table conversation. Now, you know, as I said, the, the, the conversation uh, title that I'm, I'm offering uh, this, this uh, time is called Give, Give, Give. Now, I'm certain that you all out there know the importance of giving. For me, there are several reasons. One big one with me is giving is important to God. And I'm giving, and I am a, uh, a giving spirit, listeners. I love giving all my, you know, giving up my time and other resources to help uh, those who want and need my help. It consistently lifts my spirit, you know, to be kind and giving to others. And it's empowering and very gratifying for me. Now, giving is a mantra, especially around this time of the year. It's the holiday season, unlike any of the others that we celebrate, you know, in this country, listeners. And, you know, like Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, and bringing in another year are some of the celebrations that we do here in America as the year is coming to a close. It's a fun time. It's a festive time of the year. As the song goes, it's the most wonderful time of the year. But. What about those who are not feeling so festive as they are struggling to survive? For them, it is not the most wonderful time of the year. In a nation that is boasting of celebrations through advertisements, you know, television advertisements, uh, decorations abound on your neighbor's houses and buildings, this time of the year can be a constant reminder of what they do not have. You know, this is sad but true. Now, this is why giving is so important to help those who need help. Now, according to CAFonline.org, it states in part the following, having the power to improve the lives of others is, to many people, a privilege and one that comes with its own sense of obligation. Acting on these powerful feelings of responsibility, (coughs) excuse me, is a great way to reinforce our own personal values and feel like we're living in a way that is true to our own ethical beliefs. Excuse me. Now, Babel.com says that giving is very important. The greatest happiness um, boost comes from giving to a, clear, a, a charity via a friend, relative, or social connection rather than simply making an anonymous donation to a worthy cause. Children who make an effort to perform acts of kindness report being happier and feeling more accepted by their peers, and I totally agree with all of what I just read. Now, my questions for your dinner table conversations, listeners, are the the following. Do you think that giving is important to you? When are you kind uh, to someone? um, You know, when you're kind to someone, how does that make you feel? During this time of the year, what can you do to help those who are feeling less fortunate than yourself? Is this something you are willing to continue to do not only this time of the year, but throughout the year? Now, as I always say, listeners, if this is not a topic of choice to discuss at the dinner table, please feel free to bring in a discussion of your own. As I've always said, I started this dinner table conversation for several reasons, and one of the main reasons is to get the family to sit together at the dinner table to discuss and have a coming together, and it's a fun thing, and it's a learning thing, and it's it's just a great thing to do. All right. I'm going to bring on my guest. He is the world's best mental health therapist. He is a frequent guest on my show. He is my brother, and I'm pleased to have him here. Good morning, Reginald. How are you? Good morning, and good morning to all our listeners, and good morning, Dave. 
All right then. So how are you doing this morning? You doing great? I'm doing good. Ready to mm-hmm. get my day going and the conversation going. So so it's gonna be a an informative and fun time. You know it. Okay. <laughs> Let's start off with the first one. Polio like illness in this country. CDC is confirming. <clears throat> now, excuse me, one of my heroes is Jonas Salk. On March 26, 1953, our listeners, History.com states that an American medical researcher, Dr. Jonas Salk, announces on the national radio that he has successfully tested a vaccine against poliomyelitis, the virus that causes the crippling disease of polio. Now, Reginald and my listeners, this crippling disease is once again rearing its ugly, destructive head, or should I say a very likeness of it. Now, in a recent article, CDC confirms 116 cases of rare polio-like illness, which is called acute flaccid myelitis, also known as AFM. Now, this article was published on USA Today by Brent by Brent Molina on November 27, 2018, and it states in part the following. There have been 116 confirmed cases of acute flaccid myelitis, a polio-like illness mostly affecting children in the U.S. this year, said the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. The disease affects a person's nervous system and causes weakness in their arms and legs. Cases of the disease have, have been found in 31 states, according to an update Monday from the CDC. Now, more than 90% of patients affected by AFM, you know uh, what acute, uh, uh, acute uh, uh, means, you know, listeners, you know, now flaccid, you know, uh, means, you know, part of the body, you know, soft and hanging loosely or limply, uh, especially, you know, says to look or feel unpleasant. Now, myelitis means inflammation of the spinal cord. So that's what AFM, a lot of people like to throw, uh, <clears throat> throw uh, acronyms and I always like to break them down. Now, in most cases, uh, patients had a mild respiratory illness before developing the disease, Reginald. Now, the symptoms include a droopy face and eyelids, difficulty moving eyes and swallowing, and slurred speeches. Now, in several cases, patients may have trouble breathing because of mucus weakness. Now, last week, the CDC announced it was getting up a task force to investigate what causes the disease and find better treatments for patients. Now, Reginald, this task force will ensure that the full capacity of the scientific community is engaged and working together to provide important answers and solutions to the actively um, to actively detect more effectively treat and ultimately prevent AFM and its consequence consequences. Now, according to um, revisionvaccinations.com, it states that there are other countries reporting polio outbreaks in 2018, and they are Afghanistan, Kenya, and Pakistan. So now, Reginald, what do you think is or all the causations for the, you know, for the rise of this, you know, disease now that is in 31 states in this country? Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really uh, alarming. And I, I think, uh, you know, part of it is uh, the lack of funding for research for, for a lot of these things. Um where the government is not putting, uh, you know, enough money in uh, research and development uh, for these diseases. Uh, you know, you always hear about, um, you know, requesting the public, and I think they should, you know, continue uh, to uh, contribute to, you know, the American Heart Association or uh, United Cancer Association and things like that. 
but, mm-hmm. but I think it's a lack of attention and funding uh, mm-hmm. of, 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 of the government, you know, to you know look for these and, and find a cure to for uh, research and development. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, I mean, this. You know, you hear people saying, "Well, you know." Um, um, you know, is 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 you know, there's been accounts, and I'm just going to say this, I you know, um, that uh, you know, well, there's people that are coming into this country, and and uh, you know, that are unvaccinated uh, against uh, these these diseases. Uh, but now, NBCNews.com has an article titled "Polio-like disease may be caused by several viruses." CDC says now this is being reported by Maggie Fox dated November 19, 2019 regional. And it says in part that patients with a polio like condition called at, uh, acute flaccid myelitis have almost all showed symptoms of viral infections before they develop sim- uh, symptoms that makes viruses a prime suspect in causing the muscle weakness or paralysis that marks the condition. CDC researchers said in a re- new report. Now, it goes on to say, excuse me, almost all patients with AFM have reported signs and symptoms consistent with viral illness in the weeks pre- pre- uh, preceding, you know, like limb uh, weakness, Reginald. And, um, and they said that the viruses could directly damage the spinal cord. Another possibility is that the pathogen triggered an immune response in the body that caused damage to the spinal cord. Now, patients and doctors who treat AFM have become increasingly impatient with the CDC, but the agency says that the tests have been done on patients uh, don't always tell a complete story. So from what I've just read, you know, there are other viruses involved with this AFM, you know, Reginald. This is serious business, you know, my listeners, you know, is saying what gets me, Reginald, is that the, you know, what I just read earlier, that the agency says the tests that they have been, you know, they have done on patients, don't always tell a complete story. And, you know, this isn't the first time we've heard of this polio-like, you know, illness. I've been hearing about this now for a little bit over a year. I, I'm sure that I mentioned it on, you know, one of my shows but didn't get into it like I'm, you know, getting into it now. You know what I'm saying, Reginald? Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's definitely a, a, a concern. And, uh, you know, not only that, the rise of other uh and things that we're seeing now, um, it's definitely a, a cause of concern for me. Uh, and, and it yeah. shows how, you know, if people will get together, uh, you know, to and, and governments and countries get together for research and development, you know, for the cure of diseases uh, and put more money in that instead of putting more money in, in, in bombs and ways to kill people, uh, you know, how about let's looking at ways to keep people alive and improve their lives? You know, mm-hmm. that's a better thing. Mm-hmm. And now also, you know, um, we've talked about this before, making sure that the schools do their due diligence of consistently disinfecting, the, you know, the, the, the classrooms and also making sure that your homes, you know, and, and I'm going to say your cars, are disinfected all the time too because a virus is really something, Reginald. You know what I'm saying? Very, very nasty little microscopic things. You know, so you always have to, um, you know, it's 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 a consistent battle. You know, but um, you know, you you have to do it now because the, you know it's it's obvious that these viruses are are very strong and they're not. You know, you you dump some penicillin or um 
uh, amoxicillin on them and they shake their head and stick their tongue out at you, you know, so, and they keep moving. So, all right, let's go on to the next um, conversation uh, topic, which is the auto industry. It's a darn shame. Now, the NBCnews.com uh, reports that after General Motors layoffs, more bumps ahead for U.S. auto industry. This is re- this is a report by Daryl Gregorian on November 27, 2018. And in part, it states, uh, Reginald and my listeners, that uh, Trump said that the jobs were all coming back. But there's more rough road ahead for U.S. auto industries, analysts uh, warned. He said, remember, he said, if I'm elected, you won't lose one plant. You'll have plants coming into this country. Uh, then, then, uh, candidate Donald Trump said in a campaign rally in Warren, Michigan in October 2016, you're going to have jobs again. You won't lose one plant. I promise you. I promise you. And at a rally in Youngstown, Ohio in July of last year, um, Trump vowed to bring more factory jobs back to the area. They're all coming back, he told the crowd. Don't sell your house. We're going to fill up those factories or rip them down and build new ones. So now, Reginald and my listeners, on Monday, General Motors announced it was cutting 14,700 jobs in North America, including several thousand in Ohio and Michigan. Now, that's on top of jobs the company had already trimmed over the past two years. You know, Reginald, it's just what do you think about what I've said so far? I mean, it's just devastating um, to me, and I, I can't even imagine the devastation that these individuals are facing right now. Yeah, I, I just think it's a shame that, uh, you know, how, uh, you know, a lot of these companies just think that they have a tendency to give people pink slips around the holidays. And I think mm-hmm. that's so, that, that is so cruel. They know mm-hmm. six months ago, eight months ago, that this is coming down the pike. It's not like, they woke up one day and discovered this yesterday. You know, they knew they knew this was coming. But to lay people off, period, is a horrible thing. To, you know, eliminate and lay people off their jobs in, in, uh, during the holiday is, is just really cruel. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, the thing about, about Trump, and, and, and I, you know, had, went on YouTube uh, a day or so ago, and I saw that, that speech that he made. You know, he has no idea. You know, he always likes to talk about who doesn't know what they're doing. You know, he said that about April Ryan the other day, um, uh, one of the reporters. So she doesn't know what she's doing. I mean, this is the true fact that he doesn't know what he's doing. He mm-hmm. just continues to act like a used car salesman. He continues mm-hmm. to act like, you know, it's, he's, he's doing some real estate deal. Or, or, or something, you know, some apartment to apartment building that, that he's building. Mm-hmm. You know, if that's the economy, the American economy, the world economy is not the same. It is mm-hmm. not the same thing. And so when people, you know, feel this, we need a, a businessman thing, I mean, that's the same thing that they tried with George W. Bush and the same thing they tried with, with, with Reagan. They're talking, oh, we need this, we need a businessman. Running the country is not like running a business. It's not. That's right. Mm-hmm. It is. It is not. And and I just think it's a shame. And now President Obama, but not for President Obama, GM would have been belly up. They would have been a thing in the history book. Uh, Mitt Romney mm-hmm. said, "Hey, let them go. Let them, you know, just just let them go under." And so mm-hmm. all of the other jobs 
went under all of the other jobs that would have affected people, the, the companies that supplied the nuts and bolts, the tires, the shock absorbers, the glass, <clears throat> you know, the carpet, yeah. blah, 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 blah. You know, I mean, it would have been mm-hmm. a, a devastating thing. Absolutely. Now, you know, here, you know, here, you know, I would there. There's a few things that that I want to say. And you and I have talked about this. <clears throat> excuse me. Yesterday, I, I definitely voiced uh, my opinion and my concern um, about these amounts of in, individuals. And and I just want to say this, listeners, it's anyone who loses their job. You know, I'm I'm such a proponent of keeping people working, you know, and um, and it, and it really um, I'm such a. A humanitarian and a spiritual individual, you know, it it breaks my heart when people loses, who people who want their jobs loses their jobs, you know. And it is also particularly, as I said before, and um, my brother just uh, uh, articulated that they do this this always around the holidays, you know. Now, here's my thing: I have an MBA, I have lots of education, a bachelor of science, and that, you know. Pepperdine University, so forth and so on. I have common sense and I have love and I have care. Now, they're supposed to have financial analysts within the, uh, you know, the walls of the GM, you know, the mighty GM. They're supposed to have all of these um, uh, so-called highly educated uh, individuals who are who are supposed to be able to for who supposed to be able to forecast Reginald and my listeners, uh, which is in a huge uh, important element in um, orchestrating and make sure making sure that the business is going in the direction that they wanted to go into. Um, so apparently uh, their forecasting sucks. Okay, and um, and uh, the other thing that I want to say is that when I was listening to this uh, uh, report a couple of days ago. Uh, when it when it first started uh, gaining momentum, uh, one of the guys uh, who was given the report don't know his name. He was on CBS there with Gail King, and he said that still Reginald is one of the um, uh, reasons that you know that they're doing this. You know that the the, the price of steel, you know, with um, Trump's uh, tariffs, that's that's all that's, that's you know that's all fucked up. And then um, the other thing is that the guy was saying that, um, you know, well, people are wanting autonomous vehicles. So, you know, what you need to do is, you know, uh, you know, it takes like six to seven years to get this rolling. And uh, now he's just a reporter. And then this is what he's saying, you know, um, uh, you know, you need to get this rolling. It takes like six to seven years uh, to do this and blah, 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 blah. OK, well, fine. It takes six to seven years if that's what you're if that's what you're saying. However, all of you, okay, got a huge tax break, huge tax break. So you take that tax break and you use that tax break to do your R&D, your research and development. You do not lay people off, okay? And here's the other thing, Reginald. Nobody's running out to no damn self-driving fucking cars. That's a damn joke, Okay. That's a joke, and it's a sad joke. Nobody is saying, I want an autonomous vehicle. I want a vehicle to be able to drive itself. And and you know that these vehicles are crashing, and they they don't have the wherewithal of the human brain. So how are they going to be? Uh, it's not like it's a, a hybrid vehicle, Reginald. Like I see people wanting more uh, things to, you know, to help the uh, the ecology, you know, uh, uh, alternative fuel um, methods for vehicles. But autonomous vehicles? That's, this is bullshit. 
You know what I'm saying, Reginald? This is bullshit. Yeah, it, uh, you know, it, it just so annoys me with these self-driving car thing. You know, it's like, come on. Come on, come on. Let's put that research and development and, and other things. But, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just not seeing it. I'm just not understanding the big, you know, brouhaha that they're pushing on with all these self-driving cars. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you still need a human being that's going to be sitting behind the wheel that can navigate and 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 forecast what is going to happen if there's an accident, if a if a car pulls in front of you, if a car is I mean, just all of those things that you know we all know uh, about if you're if you drive a car. Yes. So yes, you know, I just don't see that. It's not like they're going to be the only car on the road, and they can just you know just just do this. I don't I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's it, so annoying to me. It very now this um the auto industry analyst told NBC News um that they can read the crystal ball and see what's coming. This is a gentleman by the name of Scott. He says this is the chickens coming home to roost on the broader Trump economic policies. Original, he says that the Trump tax cuts are raising the country's deficits while do nothing to spur investment. It was counterproductive. All of this happy talk about investments is just that, he said, noting that more companies have used money from the tax cuts to increase dividend payments to shareholders and buy back stocks. Isn't that what I just got through saying? In the meantime, Trump trade policies have been scattershot and the U.S. auto industry has been continued to slip in global market share, experts say. No shit. You know, we don't need we don't we don't believe in um in, in globalization, what was that he said? Uh, he, uh, you know, at the, um, at was it at the UN or or uh, one of those uh, speeches? He said we don't believe in, you know, globalization. I may be uh, paraphrasing, but we believe in patriotism or whatever he said. Something that didn't make any sense. Okay, and it goes on to say we've got an incoherent set of trade policies at work. No shit to that too. If nothing is done to address the problems created by Trump's budget and failed trade policies, the problem is going to get worse. The, then the then GM issued a statement noting this, Reginald. Are you ready? Many of the U.S. workers impacted by these actions will have the opportunity to shift to other GM plants where we will need more employees to, to support growth in trucks, crossovers, and SUVs. GM's transformation also includes adding technical and engineering jobs to support the future of mobility, such as new jobs in in electrification and autonomous stupid ass that's not going to sell vehicles. Okay. Uh, We appreciate the actions this administration has taken on behalf of industry to improve the overall competitiveness of U.S. manufacturing, the GM statement said. Now, here's the question. Weren't companies supposed to be expanding and not contracting, Reginald, like AT&T and Verizon after these hefty tax breaks? Weren't they saying we're going to hire more people? We're going to blah, 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 blah. We're going to talk, 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 talk. Where is that? Where, 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 Where is it? It has not like it's been five years since you've got these hefty tax breaks, which, by the way, 
you these large companies always get half hefty tax breaks okay it's always oh, the, the, the the it's always yeah. the the you know the the citizens who they deem regular sure. citizens we we're the ones who support all of this stuff on our doggone backs you know why they you know they get these hefty tax breaks at the end of the year they get their millions and millions of dollars and if and if uh if a an employee get um, a bonus, you know, of, 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 I've heard them get as little as $300, you know, to maybe upwards of a thousand or two thousand dollars. They're looking at them and like, oh yeah, you need to be happy with that. But let me, excuse me, let me go and check my account, make sure my 30 million is in there for the end of the year. You know what I'm saying, Reginald? Yeah. And then the, 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 the few people who receive this so-called bonus, the one, two, three hundred dollar bonus, that was taxed. So, it's, you know, it's not like they just got some, uh, you know, this money just, just got free. Uh, so mm-hmm. they, so the, and then it's only a small, tiny percentage of, of any employees that receive the one, two, three hundred dollar bonus. And then you turn mm-hmm. around and, and tax it. And, and you're right. All of this, um, uh, you know, they, they got these. Well, well, the companies, they had no intention of hiring people anyway. I mean, that was just the talking point. Mm-hmm. That was talking point to, you know, get people excited, to brainwash people, tend to brainwash people, which unfortunately it did. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and these politicians, they're, they're doing it so they can keep the money rolling into their campaign funds and things like that. And uh, so many of them are billionaires, so, so they're getting this. So, you know, it's all about them. And it's yes. all about the big corporations. And, you know, these people need to realize that they work for the citizens who elected them and not vice versa. But it seems mm-hmm. that the way they behave, it seems that, you know, we work, they work for us. I mean, we work for them that they don't work for us. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the regular, a lot of regular working Joes and, and Jones need to wake up to the fact that these politicians and these companies don't care about you. So many of these mm-hmm. people now are, are, for instance, anti-union. You know, they drank the Kool-Aid from the Republicans about how horrible unions are. Well, okay, let me give you a little fact here, folks. Uh, companies didn't willingly give paid vacation, 401, uh, time off and all of that because they wanted to. It was because of unions. It's because mm-hmm. of unions that came in there and worked and helped and helped organize people to make companies give up these things. So, so it's not like they just they just love their citizens and you know again from the child labor laws on on down. So, is mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you know, and the, and and here's the thing, you know, organizations used to have training. Okay, if you know that you're moving your organization into a different direction, then why don't you train the the individuals there on the different direction that the organization is moving into? Okay, right. now it may not be every employee is is uh, geared for that or whatever, but you take the employees that are geared to do that and and train them in the new thing like the electrification and uh I'm not even going to address that stupid autonomous vehicle this is just bullshit this is just this is just 
See, see, this is what I have always said, um, you know, listeners, you know, is that, you know, cutting yourself off the knees, you know, um, cut, you know, cutting your nose off to spite your face. This is what happens when you think you're the end all be all and you're arrogant and you're ungrateful and, you know, uh, and it all equals to being mean. You know, um, we don't need we don't need you. You know, we're going to do this all on our own. We're going to know you're not going to do it on your own. And it is showing this country that if you continue to be arrogant, if you continue to be ungrateful, if you continue to cut yourself off at the knees, if you continue to be with your meanness and your racism, you know, you're you're calling other countries third world country. Well, you know, you need to check yourself because I've already given those stats, those stats of where we are lined up with other countries. OK, it's not at the top. Let me tell you that it is not at the top. OK, thanks for that. Richard. That was a great discussion. Let's move on. Out of the ashes rises help and gratitude from citizens of this country. The recent fires that were in California were scary and heartbreaking as film footage from the news media showed homes, acres of land, trees that stood the test of time for decades, taken over quickly by the firing inferno that lasted for weeks as thousands of firefighters and other emergency personnel carefully and fearlessly brought the flames to a halt. Now, volunteers by the hundreds emerged at the grounds um, on the grounds of uh, California as they were assisting those who are now homeless, injured, and looking for uh, missing loved ones. So many people are still unaccounted for, you know, Rachel, for this devastation. You know, it's, it's just terrible. Now, just before this tragedy, this country was being sought with divisiveness. An article from HoustonChronicle.com titled, It Shouldn't Take a Disaster to Bring Americans Together, Opinion, by Lisa Sherman, dated November 22, 2018, says in part, in recent weeks, clouds of divisiveness appear to have come over our country, but there have also been countless examples of our shared humanity shining through. Few things unite people from different backgrounds, like a catastrophe, but it shouldn't take a disaster to activate our innate desire to help even love our neighbor. Now, the divisions in American society seem to be on display every day in our country. Take religion, she says. Less than half of Americans have warm feelings towards Muslims, according to Pew Poll. And um, and uh, she also says, you know, that, you know, why do why does it it's always a catastrophe that brings us together? People should always display these humanitarian, um, you know, uh, shows all the time. Now, I also have been hearing and reading reports that people are saying that they are more grateful. Okay, after this California fire, like, you know, Kim and Kanye West hired firefighters to assist with keeping not only their home safe, but their neighbors uh, safe as well. So, Reginald, why do you think that after a tragedy, more people are seemingly filled with gratitude? For example, is it because they no longer have their material things to enjoy? They can no longer go about their day as normal. And perhaps they took, you know, what they what they did for granted. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's definitely a part of that, that, uh, you know, unfortunate. And it is so unfortunate what, what happened, um, uh, you know, to, to the people there. And I, you know, my heart goes out to them, uh, mm-hmm. definitely. And, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's really a tragedy. And, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I, I feel that people, uh, there who are dealing with that, you know, the realization, 
comes at how uh, precious life is um, and that, you know, material things we can we can always get back, you know, but mm-hmm. then people have worked, uh, you know, so long and hard, you know, to, to buy their homes and, you know, keep their homes up and, you know, things like that. And it's devastating when you when you lose something like that. It's devastating when you don't have a roof over your head and and all of the, uh, you know, the personal things that were lost in the home, pictures, uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, documentation, you know, all, all, all of those things that uh, mm-hmm. you, know, and you can't get back. So, uh, yeah. And, and that's when I thought it was really uh, rude, rude and cruel when Trump, you know, made the little stupid comment about how, um, you know, funding would be cut off for, uh, for, for, oh, for God. Just, just what a, just, just what, what a an rule. idiot you know, to say it seems like, mm-hmm. you know, whenever people are going through something devastating that has affected their lives, he, he just can't help himself, you know, to try and, and step on someone who is already having a difficult time. So uh, Exactly, exactly. He's of that ilk, you know, that... Um, you know, uh, of of people, you know, they like to pounce on someone, you know, if they're, you know, have fallen and, and having a hard time. And right. uh, that, that that it took him um, too damn long to get there to California. And and uh, because he's being, a, a you know, a little boy, you know, but they don't like me, so I'm not going to go, you know, until somebody basically like pushed him out the door and told him, no, you need to go and do this. And the comment that uh, Finland, he used the example of Finland. Remember that, Reginald? Well, you know, in Finland, right. uh, what they do with their forests, you know, they, you know, they, they, they rake and they, they, you know, clean the, you know, they do, they do stuff. What the hell is stuff? What do you like? Three stuff. And, and, you right. know, it's just ridiculous. And he's, he's putting the blame, uh, because he, he's such a skeptic. Okay. With his non-believing self. Um, that, that this is, that, that this is, uh, man, um, you know, that this is, uh, uh, there is no such thing as global warming, you know, that this is, uh, you know, just something that somebody is doing. Now, we do, um, not to, to be on, you know, of course, nothing to, to, to elevate him and say anything, but we both know that people have been caught for starting these fires. I have yet to hear, not unless I missed it, I don't know if you've heard, if they have actually come to the conclusion of what actually happened. Um, um, with the causation of the fire besides PG and E, um, uh, that's, that's the, uh, gas and electric company there in, in California, that it was some issue or something going on with some wires or something, you know, there or, or something that was going on that sparked it. You know, I, I, you know, I really don't know, but regardless, it's a, it's a very tragic, um, situation, Reginald, and still a lot of people have not found their, their, you know, their loved ones. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's really sad. It's really sad. Mm hmm. Right. You know, yeah, there's a lot of sad things that's going on now and it seems to be escalated. You know, you got these, as I said, these 14,000 people being laid off. I just mm-hmm. want to go back and make one other comment that I was intending to say. Well, if you have, if you have not, I've worked in the corporate sector for years and years and I've told, told all of you guys that if you already have the answer why you know to to the people that are being laid off then why if if you if that's the case then Reginald, then why did they call a meeting or or whatever it is that they do 
and let these people know, okay, we're going to, we're discontinuing this position, but we're going to uh, get you trained and set you up to, to be over here. Why don't they do that? You know, if, if that, if that is the case that, you know, for this, um, stupid autonomous vehicle and the electrification and, um, you know, portions that they're claiming that they're going to, that they're going to do, you know, why didn't they tell them, you know, this is what, you know, this is what we're doing so that you will not be laid off. Why didn't they do that? Right. It's, it's, you know, because people are not their main concern, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. Their their bottom line uh, is, is their main concern. And, and there's nothing wrong with making a profit. You know, that's why, you uh, you know open a business or you have a business that I'm going to make. There's nothing nothing in the world wrong with that. But companies have to remember, if not for the workforce, you would have nothing. If not for the people exactly. who come in and work that job, you know you would you would have anything. And and it's a win win. You know it's a win win mm-hmm. for it's a win for the company who makes the profit and all of that. And heaven knows these companies are making huge profits and it's not trickling down to the to the workers and it's a great thing for the worker who is now able to provide for their family and buy products that keep the the, the economy going and, and mm-hmm. it's, you know people it's the middle class that always has and always will keep the economy going that's what runs the economy the middle class um, but some of these people would like nothing more than to eliminate the middle class and just have rich and dirt poor. And I don't know how they think the economy is going to run in that situation. I don't, I don't either. You who know? do they, as I said, who is going to be going to, you know, Walmart, uh, Target, um, any stores, just, you know, Nordstrom's, right. Dillard's, Macy's, um, you know, buying all of these, uh, uh, Porsches and, and, and other, uh, who's going to be doing that? Who's why, who's going to be buying these houses? You know that they're right. that they're charging people way too much for with the high interest rates. That's another that's another topic of discussion. Uh, the next time we come back, come back on in two weeks. Okay, Rachel, I'm sorry, I just had to get back uh, to that. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, I, I have one more thing I wanted to say, and um and 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 that was it. You know, it's like if, if that is the case, then. That is what I said. You should have you should have done that. So and that's it. All right. Let's move on to uh, uh, the other discussion, Rachel, which is titled Trump's gut is more intelligent than my brain. I doubt that. Seriously, I doubt it. According to a report from Steve Bennon of MSNBC.com, he's of the Rachel uh, Rachel Maddow show the, uh, and the Maddow uh, blog. Trump uh, Trump uh, titled Trump says his gut is more reliable than anybody else, than anyone's else's brain. OK, and this was dated on the uh, 28th of November 2018. Now, the Washington Post yesterday asked Donald Trump why he's skeptical of his own administration's national climate assessment. One of the problems that a lot of people like myself, we have very high levels of intelligence, he says, but we're not necessarily such believers the president says, you look at our air and our water and it's right now at a record clean. OK, this, of course, didn't make any sense. And I'm not at all sure what a record clean even means, though Trump couldn't have it. Trump couldn't have cared less. 
In fact, in the same interview, the Republican offered a peek into his broader perspective, the article says. While complaining about the Federal Reserve raising interest uh, rates, uh, Trump added, you know, I'm doing deals and I'm not being accommodated by the Fed. I'm not happy with the Fed. They're making a mistake because I have a gut and my gut tells me more sometimes than anybody else's brain can ever tell them. When looking for Trump's, um, uh, when looking for, uh, tr- uh, Trump's quotes that help define who he is and how he operates, one could do worse than focusing on, on, on this gym. Okay. So Reginald, what do you think about what I, I'm running out of time. What do you think about what I said so far? Well, that's typical of him during the campaign. You know, he said he knows more about things than all of the generals. You know, so that's him. And and it's, mm-hmm. and, and and it's and it's not funny. You know, I mean, it's no, it's really serious. And this is something that needs to be taken serious. I mean, yeah, I mean, he he feels that he knows everything. It's like the questions with with Mueller uh, that he claimed he answered by himself without <laughs> an attorney. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, I mean, it's like, really? Are, are you are you serious? Um, <laughs> you know, who, who, who was this that said, I think it was Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, that said this. I'm not after the truth, but I think Lincoln said this, that anybody who represents themselves has a fool for an attorney and a client uh, you know so mm-hmm. so it it it's this again used car salesman mentality exactly you know it's, it's exactly crazy. yes and the article also says the arrogance is less a problem than the will for ignorance genuine experts can make a sensible snap judgment by leaning on their scholarship and experience but Trump is a hapless amateur whose gut instincts are based on little more than Fox News segments he sometimes struggles to understand. And also, Rachel, the Washington Post, Dana Milbank uh, recently wrote a good column along these lines, explaining that from the president's perspective, he's a polymathic genius surrounded by fools. Uh, it's why a practical matter, Trump has embraced an anti-knowledge posture. He's not just uncomfortable with expertise and evidence. The president is actively hostile toward them because of the degree to which they contradict his gut. Uh, it helps explain his, ant- his, uh, his antipathy toward fact checkers. Why, why listen to reason when Trump's innate understanding of everything uh, already provides him with everything he wants to know. You know what I'm saying, Reginald? It's totally right. ridiculous that you're, that, that these things that, that he's saying, you know, and, um, uh, uh, and, and, and as I said before, people really need to be looking at this and, and, and checking and checking and finding out like, okay, what in the world are you talking about? You're, you have a gut. That's, you know, of the ill people, uh, of the ill, original of people who shoot from the hip they you know don't really oh i'm just mm-hmm. going to take a chance you know shoot from the hip you know what was that mm-hmm. back like in the i don't know you study you know it's back in the early days the 50s 40s and stuff you know people you know yeah we you know i shoot from the hip you know it's like yeah okay so mm-hmm. he's of that he's of that ilk you know what i mean and it's it's right. along the same line that i always say is that you know mm-hmm. is that you know human beings mind in a lot of instances have not grown. It has not grown. It comes from how the companies treat their employees. 
you know, to to the, um, you know, the uh, person that's in the White House. And as I said before, the fish rots from the head. So there you go. Now, mm-hmm. retrospect for this year is important. Is it important for you? As we are coming to a close for this year, listeners, that has been more than interesting, devastating sadness from losses, cheers and jeers for accomplishments, for example. In the mix of everything that has happened, have you learned anything from the events that have taken place during this year in this country? And what about in your personal lives? Now, actually, I retrospect all the time, for example, uh, Reginald, you know that, and I've told this to my listeners at the end of the day. This way, for me, at the end of the year, I am filled with new methods for going about resolutions and or seeing things differently and, um, you know, and in improving myself. It is, it matters to me that I learn, um, all the time and that I improve myself, you know, all the time. You know what I'm saying? We have, we have a few more minutes, Reginald. What do you think? Yeah, I'm sorry. Can you repeat the last? Can you repeat the last part? We had somewhat of a bad connection. I'm sorry. That's okay. I said that actually. Um, I retrospect all the time. For example, you know, at the end of the day, you know, mm-hmm. this way for me, at the end of the year, I am filled with new methods for going about resolutions and or seeing things differently. And it is it as it is important for me that I continue to learn and grow and realize, okay, this was wrong, not to do that any right. anymore, you know, or this is right, okay, keep doing mm-hmm. that and building on that. So it's important that you know I that. Uh, for some people can do it how they want, but I'm just saying for me, I like to retrospect, uh, all, uh, you know, all the time, but a lot of people retrospect at the end of the year, you know, they look back on the end of the year. As in some cases, I guess I am of that too. I look back at the end of the year, you know, what happened, you know, what, what took place here and there, you know, so forth and so on. So I'm talking mm-hmm. fast because I have a, you know, a few more minutes. So what, what, what do you think, uh, Reginald, about retrospecting? I, I think it's important that we that we do that at, at, at the end of the year. Actually, I think it's important that we do that on a regular basis, on a consistent basis. Uh, you know, to see, you know, uh, is there something that I could have done differently? Even if there was a, you know, situation with with a family member, or a situation at the job, or a situation, you know, at at the grocery store that, uh, you know, you. So, so I think it's important that we take. Uh, an account of our of our uh, actions and our behaviors. So I think it's important to do that, and I think it's important for companies to do that as well, and uh, and be honest with people. And we wouldn't have so many of these situations like with the GM plant closing, where you know people are going to lose their jobs. Mm-hmm. It's 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 really bad. It really is bad. Um. Well. I'm at the coming to the close of my show. It's always very interesting. So much to talk about because there's so much happening, Reginald. You know what I mean? And I, right. I thank you for being, um, um, uh, I, I thank you for being, um, on my show and taking the time of your day. I really appreciate it. I appreciate my listeners, uh, listening to me, uh, being my fans. I really, really, really appreciate it. Um, I'm wishing you all the best out there in spite of all of the craziness that's, that's happening out there. Just know that God is in control and, you know, it, things are going to get better. I know this may sound, you know, bleak for some of you out there that are struggling, but just know that I'm praying for you and I, I hope that everything turns around very quickly and for you all to just be kind to yourself and then be kind to others because that's where it starts. Um, I'll be back on the 13th of, of December with more interesting topics. 
um, along with the world's best mental health therapist. And who knows, maybe another guest along with us to discuss things to enlighten and educate you. I wish you all the best once again. This is Teresa E. Keeves signing off. Make it a great day. <music>